On this episode of the Blue Jacketeer podcast, we will be covering Chapter 7 of the Corman Manual. Welcome to the Blue Jacketeer podcast, where we help you prepare for the Navy-wide advancement exam by covering study material created by highly qualified sailors. Learn more about what we have to offer at www.bluejacketeer.com. Welcome back to the bluejacketeer.com podcast for hospital corpsmen. I'm Taylor Larson. On this episode, we will continue with the hospital corpsman manual covering chapter 7. Be sure to pay attention because on the next episode, you will be quizzed on what you learned today. Without further delay, let's get started. Sit back, relax, and listen up. This is chapter 7 of the hospital corpsman manual, oral anatomy and physiology. As we begin our lesson today, it is important to remember that dental emergencies can happen anytime, any place, and to anyone. With that in mind, just because you may not be a dental-trained corpsman does not mean you will never be called into action for a dental patient. Understanding the basics of oral anatomy is essential in being able to understand dental conditions and identify and treat appropriately. As with other living things, teeth have a specific formation period. This development process goes through multiple periods and stages, each of which will be covered in detail. As teeth are in the odontogenesis phase, or tooth formation, they go through three developmental periods, called categories. Growth, calcification, and eruption. During the growth period, dental development usually begins in the fifth or sixth week of prenatal life. By the seventh week of prenatal life, epithelial skin cells of the mouth thicken along the ridge of developing jaws, creating a horseshoe-shaped band called the dental lamina, which follows the curve of each developing tooth socket. Three stages are further described during the growth period. The first stage is known as the bud stage. After the formation of the dental lamina, groups of epithelial cells begin to grow into the underlying tissue to become tooth buds. Usually 10 tooth buds are present in each dental arch and they give rise to future primary teeth. Permanent teeth form between the 17th week of fetal life through the age of 5 years. The second stage is the cap stage, also known as proliferation. In this stage, the cells of the tooth grow, and the tooth bud takes a hollowed cap-like shape. It then gives rise to the enamel by way of the epithelium of the cap. The zone under the cap is called the dental papilla, which gives rise to the dentin, cementum, and the pulp. The last stage in the growth period is known as the bell stage, or histodifferentiation stage. It is here the ameloblast cells form the enamel, odontoblast cells form the dentin, and the cementoblast cells form the cementum. As the tooth begins the bell stage, it begins to take shape and form through a process called morphodifferentiation. With ameloblasts and odontoblast cells lining up to form the dentino enamel junction. Odontoblast and cementoblast form the cemento dentinal function. 
The Dentino Enamel Junction and Cemento Dental Junction are the blueprint of the developing tooth. The term apposition refers to depositing of the matrix for the hard dental structures. This matrix is deposited by cells along the dentoenamel junction at the end of morphodifferentiation. The next developmental category is called calcification. Calcification is the process by which organic tissue becomes hardened by a deposit of calcium or any mineral salts. Following that, the tooth crown receives layers of enamel that start at the top of the crown and go downward over the sides to the cemento enamel junction, a linear junction between the apical border of the enamel cap and the root cementum. The final developmental category is known as eruption. After the crown of the tooth has formed, the root begins to develop. As it begins to erupt, there is a movement of the tooth into its proper position in the mouth. Knowing that, it takes about three years from crown completion to the time the tooth emerges into the mouth for permanent teeth. When primary teeth begin to fall out and make way for the eruption of permanent teeth, they go through a process called exfoliation. The primary teeth act as guides for the developing permanent teeth. For this reason, when a primary tooth is lost early, a significant effect on the placement and direction of the permanent tooth can be observed. Our next topic is oral histology. Histology being the study of anatomy, including the minute structure, composition, and functions of tissues. Teeth are divided into two parts, the crown and one or more roots. Let's further explain these parts. The crown is divided into the anatomic and clinical crown. The anatomic crown is the portion of the tooth encased in enamel. The term clinical crown is applied to the part of the crown visible in the mouth. The root of a tooth is covered by cementum and embedded in a thin layer of compact bone that forms the tooth socket called the alveolar bone. Teeth may have upwards of three roots or more. The furcation is the area that separates the root when multiple exist. The term bifurcated refers to teeth with two roots, and the term trifurcated refers to teeth with three roots. A tooth that has more than three roots is simply known as multi-rooted. The tip of the tooth, or apex, contains an opening known as the apical foramen, the small opening that allows for the passage of blood vessels and nerves. The cervix, or cervical line, is an indentation that encircles the tooth and marks the junction of the anatomical crown with the root. The cementum joins the enamel at the cervix. This area is known as the cemento-enamel junction, CEJ, or cervical line. Jumping into the tissues of the teeth, we will cover enamel, dentin, cementum, and the dental pulp. Enamel is the calcified substance that covers the anatomic crown of the tooth and protects the dentin. It is the hardest tissue in the human body, 
and it is translucent and can vary in color from yellowish to grayish white. Enamel is 96% inorganic materials, 1% organic, and 3% water, with calcium and phosphorus as its main inorganic compounds. It is formed by epithelial cells known as ameloblasts. These cells lose their functional ability when the crown of the tooth has been completed. Once formed, it has no power of further growth or repair. The largest portion of the tooth is made up of dentin. Dentin is a very porous, light yellow substance that is less dense than enamel. Its inner walls make up the pulp chamber. Although it is not as strong as enamel, it is still stronger than bone. Like enamel, calcium and phosphorus are its chief inorganic components, with a makeup of 70% inorganic matter and 30% organic matter and water. Dentin is perforated by tubules that run between the cemento-enamel junction and the pulp. Dentin transmits pain stimuli by the way of dentinal fibers. Unlike enamel, dentin is a living tissue and has the ability of constant growth. Cementum is the bone-like tissue that covers the roots of the teeth in a thin layer. Its main function is to anchor the teeth to the bony walls of the tooth sockets in the periodontium. Its color is slightly lighter yellow than dentin. The cementum joins the enamel at the cervix of the tooth, forming the CEJ. Due to the variations of the joint, some areas may be very sensitive to thermal, chemical, or mechanical stimuli. Cementum is formed continuously throughout the life of the tooth. It is made up of approximately 55% organic material and 45% inorganic material. Its inorganic components are mainly calcium salts. The soft tissue inside the tooth developed from the connective tissue of the dental papilla is known as the dental pulp. The chamber containing the dental pulp is called the pulp chamber. The chief function of the pulp is the formation of dentin. The coronal pulp and pulp horns are within the crown. The radicular pulp is within the root. The apical foramen is at the end or apex of the radicular pulp. In this area, blood vessels, nerves, and connective tissue pass through to reach the interior of the tooth. Periodontium refers to the tissues that surround and support the teeth. Its main function is to support, protect, and provide nourishment to the teeth. It consists of cementum, alveolar processes of the maxillae and mandible, periodontal ligament, and gingiva. As we discussed previously, cementum is a basic part of the tooth. In fact, it is the only tissue that is considered as both a basic part of the tooth and a component of the periodontium. Cementum functions as an area of attachment for the periodontal ligament fibers. The alveolar process is the bony portion of the maxilla and mandible where the teeth are embedded and tooth roots are supported. It is composed of a cavity known as the alveolar socket 
where the root of the tooth is held by the periodontal ligament. The alveolar process includes the cortical plate, alveolar crest, trabecular bone, and the alveolar bone proper. Let's take time now to cover each in more detail. The cortical plate is composed of facial and lingual plates of compact bone. Due to its density, it provides strength and protection, and acts as the attachment for skeletal muscles. The alveolar crest is the highest point of the alveolar ridge, and joins the facial and lingual cortical plates. Trabecular or spongy bone lies within the central portion of the alveolar process. The alveolar bone proper is a thin layer of compact bone, which is a continuation of the cortical plate that forms the tooth socket. The lamina dura corresponds with the alveolar bone proper. The periodontal ligament connects the tooth to the bony socket. Because teeth do not typically contact the bone directly, but are suspended by the ligament in the socket, they are afforded a bit of individual movement and are allowed to have a shock absorber effect during mastication. The tissues that surround each tooth and serve as a lining are known as the oral mucosa. They consist of three types, masticatory mucosa, lining mucosa, and specialized mucosa. Masticatory mucosa is composed of the tissue that covers the hard palate and the gingival. It is keratinized, allowing it to have a tough, protective outer layer. The hard palate is covered with masticatory mucosa and is firmly adhered to the palatine process. Included in the hard palate is the incisive papilla, palatine raphi and palatine rugae. Gingiva aids in the support of the teeth and protects the alveolar process and periodontal ligament from bacterial invasion. The gingiva is highly vascular and receives its blood supply from the lingual, mental, buccal, and palatine arteries. It is further divided into unattached and attached. Unattached gingiva is the portion of gingiva that extends from the gingival crest to the crest of the bone. In a healthy mouth, this portion is approximately 1 to 3 millimeters wide and forms the soft tissue wall of the gingival sulcus next to the tooth. It also includes the gingival margin, gingival sulcus, epithelial attachment, and interdental papilla. Attached gingiva is located apical to the free or unattached gingiva on the labial and lingual aspects. It is firmly fixed to the underlying bone of the cortical plates of the alveolar process. Lining mucosa is found on the inside of the lips, cheeks, vestibule, soft palate, and under the tongue. Included in the lining mucosa is alveolar mucosa, which is loosely attached and lies apical to the mucogingival junction. As mentioned earlier, teeth go through many stages in development. We have already touched on the formation of the teeth themselves, we will now briefly talk over the dentition periods that exist. There are three dentition periods, primary, permanent, and mixed. 
As referred to as baby teeth, there are 20 primary teeth. There are 32 permanent or adult teeth. The period between the two periods is known as mixed dentition. In this period, primary teeth are shed and permanent teeth erupt. Now that you are familiar with the way that teeth are formed and some of the basics in reference to the tissues and structures of teeth, we will now dive deeper into the orientation of teeth in the oral cavity. There are two dental arches. The teeth of the upper arch are called maxillary teeth, and those of the lower arch are known as mandibular teeth. Each of these two arches contain 16 permanent teeth, 6 anterior and 10 posterior. The dental arches are then divided into right and left quadrants. The midline, formed by an imaginary line through the central incisors, distinguishes the divide in the two sides of the arch. Now, having four quadrants, the teeth can be further described by their location. Each quadrant is composed of eight teeth, three anterior and five posterior. By tooth type, there are two incisors, one cuspid, two bicuspid, and three molars. The tooth positioned immediately to the side of the midline is known as the central incisor. To the side of the central incisor, in order of appearance, is the lateral incisor, the cuspid, the two bicuspid, and the three molars. The human permanent dentition is divided into four classes of teeth based on appearance and function or position. These are incisors, cuspids, bicuspids, and molars. As the name implies, incisors are used to incise food. Located in the front of the mouth, they are composed of sharp edges for cutting. Teeth that are designed for cutting and tearing are known as cuspids. Unlike the incisors, they have a single cusp instead of a sharp edge. Bicuspids have two cusps used for cutting and tearing, but also serve well in crushing food due to their wide occlusal surface. Molars are located in the back of the mouth. They are made up of four or five cusps and provide a broad surface for grinding and chewing solid masses of food. To aid in the identification of teeth besides the anatomical location is the universal numbering system. This method of identifying teeth is approved by the American Dental Association and used by the armed services. It uses numbers to identify each tooth, from 1 to 32. The numbering starts with the maxillary right third molar, tooth number 1, and goes across to the maxillary left third molar, tooth number 16, down to mandibular left third molar, number 17, and across to the mandibular right molar, tooth number 32. The 20 primary teeth are identified on a dental chart by the use of capital letters A through T. Lettering starts with upper right second primary molar, tooth A, located above the root of the maxillary second premolar, and goes across to the upper left second primary molar, tooth J, down to the lower left second primary molar, tooth K, 
and across to the lower right second primary molar. The surface of the tooth is often necessary in accurately describing something noted on a tooth during exam. The facial surface of a tooth lies toward the lips or cheeks. To further specify, the labial is the surface of an anterior tooth that faces toward the lips. The buccal is the surface of a posterior tooth that faces toward the cheek. The mesial is the proximal surface closest to the midline or middle of the arch. The distal is the opposite of mesial. The distal is the proximal surface oriented away from the midline of the arch. The lingual is the surface of an anterior or posterior tooth that faces toward the tongue. Teeth have two proximal surfaces, one oriented towards the middle of the dental arch, mesial, and another that is oriented away from the middle of the arch, distal. Where two teeth touch one another, the term contact point is used. The interproximal surface is the area between the teeth. In this space is the interdental papilla, a fold of gingival tissue. The free space between the two teeth is known as the embrasure. When two teeth are without a contact point, the area between them is known as diastema. The occlusal surface is the broad chewing surface found on posterior teeth. Occlusion is the relationship between the occlusal surface of maxillary and mandibular teeth when they are in contact. Many occlusal patterns may exist for various reasons and conditions of the teeth. Maxillary and mandibular teeth come into centric occlusion and meet along anteroposterior and lateral curves. Posterior teeth do not form a flat plane. They curve slightly. This curve is called the curve of spee. The mandibular arch forms a concave, a bowl-like upward curve. The lateral curve is known as the curve of Wilson. The combination of these curves form a line called the occlusal plane. The term key to occlusion is described as the relationship between the mesiofacial cusp of the maxillary first molar, as it occludes in the facial groove of the mandibular first molar. There are three classes of centric occlusion, as described by Edward Engel, they include both normal and abnormal occlusion. The three classes are described as class 1 being the patient's profile is characterized as normal, class 2 being the patient's profile is deficient in chin length and characterized as a retruded profile, class 3 as patient's profile is excessive in chin length and characterized as protruded. As we round out our exploration through oral anatomy, we'll cover some important terms as applied to dental anatomy. Note that pictures for ease of understanding each definition can be found beginning on page 7, tack 30 of the Hospital Corman Manual. A cusp is a pointed or rounded elevation of enamel found on cuspids and on the chewing surfaces of bicuspids and molars. Cingulum is found on the lingual aspect of an anterior tooth. This is a convex mount of enamel 
localized to the cervical one-third of the crown. A linear fault that sometimes occurs in a developmental groove by incomplete or imperfect joining of the lobes is known as a fissure. The term fossa applies to a rounded or angular depression of varying size found on the surface of a tooth. A central fossa is a centrally located depression found on the occlusal surface of molars and mandibular second bicuspids. The lingual fossa is an irregular, shallow depression found on the lingual surfaces of an incisor or cuspid. A triangular fossa is located adjacent to the marginal ridges on the occlusal surfaces of posterior teeth. There are two types of triangular fossae identified, mesial and distal. A groove is a small linear depression on the surface of a tooth. Cusp tips are the initial site where enamel develops. As the enamel develops and spreads laterally, it touches enamel developing from other cusps. This fissure is known as a developmental groove. The term supplemental groove applies to a minor auxiliary groove that branches off from a much more prominent developmental groove. A lobe is one of the primary divisions of a crown. All teeth develop from four or five lobes. Mammalons are small, rounded projections of enamel from the incisal edges of newly erupted anterior teeth. These projections wear away soon after eruption. The ridge of enamel that extends from the cingulum to the cusp tip on the lingual surface of most cuspids is known as a lingual ridge. A marginal ridge is a linear, rounded border of enamel that forms the mesial and distal margins of anterior teeth as viewed from the lingual and the mesial and distal borders of occlusal surfaces on posterior teeth. An oblique ridge consists of an elevated prominence on the occlusal surface and extends obliquely from the tips of the mesiolingual cusp to the distobuchal cusp. When two inclines meet and are located either on a facial or lingual cusp ridge, they form a triangular ridge. The term transverse ridge applies to the union of a buccal and lingual triangular ridge that crosses the surface of a posterior tooth transversely. A sulcus is an elongated valley or depression in the surface of a tooth formed by the inclines of adjacent cusps or ridges. This concludes our lesson for Chapter 7 of the Hospital Corman Manual. I hope that you are able to not only learn something, but also apply some of the information in this chapter to your daily duties. Remember, at Blue Jacketeer, we bring you the very best in advancement exam preparation. Don't forget to check out our next podcast, where we will be covering Chapter 8 of the Hospital Corman Manual. As always, I'm Petty Officer Second Class Taylor Larson, reminding you to stay Navy and always keep working for that next rank. Thank you.